If you're looking for a podcast to break down all the moves in the cryptocurrency market, especially Dogecoin. What? Have you never heard of Dogecoin? No. What What about... Um, um, Probably not. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah. There are others, but Dogecoin's been moving around a lot lately. Okay. Even though it's still only worth like 39 cents per coin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not that podcast. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple, almost 35 years now, uh, sits down, taking turns each week to watch something, a movie, TV show, documentary, whatever, and then we sit down with you and discuss it. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com, and the countdown is on. In like uh, 10 days, I will be back in a theater. Or thereabouts. Um, and uh, you can uh, see my reviews at StanTheMovieMan.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. And if you want to get a hold of us more directly, you can send us emails, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice message. Just click the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is the one, the only, the only reason that I get up in the morning and go to work. Because I kick you out. That's exactly right. No, I don't. She doesn't. I don't. Sort of. Um, my beautiful wife. <laughs> Maud the Vengery Broad. Vengery? Vengery, vengeful. Okay. Uh, okay, I, I sort of Vengency. get it. Vengency. I sort of get it. Avenging. Thank you. Um, we are, uh, it was my choice this week, and I at first thought, well, maybe she's had enough of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, uh, then I decided, eh, it's my choice, I'll watch what I want. So, <laughs> we watched Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It is... I should have been the Frosty Broad, dang okay. it. There, there's, okay, well, you can change the name, it's alright, it's not like you're legally bound to it. Maud the Frosty Broad. Alright, sounds good. That's way better. Uh-huh. Um, yes, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, it's the ninth movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We skipped over Iron Man 3, which is not bad, but it's not great. And uh, Thor the Dark World, which is Thor 2, which is bad, although it does introduce one of the Infinity Stones, which become very important later, later on, on yeah. down the road. Uh, actually, Guardians of the Galaxy gives you the best description of what the Infinity Stones are, and we'll get there eventually. Okay. But right now, we're talking about uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It stars, as always, Chris Evans as the captain. With Scarlett, his big square noggin. Yes. Uh, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. We've got Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier. Introducing uh, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, who goes by Falcon. 
Okie dokie. Uh, <laughs> we pretty. We've also got Kobe Smolders as um, uh, Maria Hill. She is also a, an, pretty. An agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, um, uh, Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlo, who turns out is not a nice guy. Uh, Emily Van Camp is, and they never say her full name, but she's Sharon Carter. Yeah, is she related to Agent Carter? Yes, she is. How she's so? like like a great niece or something. Uh, she yes, she is a a a niece or cousin or something okay. along that line. But they are related. Uh, of course, Peggy Carter makes an appearance as well, an elderly Peggy Carter, played by Haley Atwell, and probably the biggest name that's ever been in any of the Marvel movies mm. is Robert Redford, playing yeah. a guy named Alexander Pierce. And Nick Fury, of course. And yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. But, I mean, Robert Redford is a oh, yeah, classic of cinema. He's a huge deal. Yes. I was surprised to see him. Um, the movie, it, it's a very complicated plot, but basically there is rot at the center of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that rot is, in fact, Hydra, the uh, German uh, Nazi um, science division uh, from World War II that they thought they had rooted that they had destroyed back at the end of the war. Turns out they hadn't. Um, and it has been growing and infiltrating uh, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. ever since, ever Sup since it was established. Super secret, very insidious. Yes. Um, and uh, Captain Rogers, Captain America, um, is faced with um, charges that he has... Um, well, for one thing, uh, Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, um, appears to have been assassinated. Appears because he didn't really die. Um, and uh, they, it is made to look like Captain America did it. Um, so he becomes a fugitive along with uh, Natasha. Yeah. And uh, the Falcon, um, who... Has, they have a very cute, meet-cute, uh, near the beginning of the movie, uh, when when uh, when uh, Captain America meets Falcon. But anyway, um, and they have to go on the run uh, to try to stop uh, Hydra's plan for using a program um, designed by a former Nazi Hydra scientist mm -hmm. who uh, it's designed to eliminate future threats. Um, they are building these three huge uh, helicarriers um, and when they launch and sync up with their satellites they are going to automatically target the people that will be future threats. One name that gets dropped is Stephen Strange who eventually becomes Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. the uh, master of the mystical arts. And um, they're going to assassinate all these people simultaneously. This is referred to as Project Insight. Project yes. Insight, that's correct. Um, complicating things even more is a mysterious assassin who has been responsible for uh, 50 years worth of nearly impossible kills. Um, so people think he's either a you know a, a made up story, 
or there are multiple people, but it isn't. It's one guy that's referred to as the Winter Soldier that we find out is actually uh, Captain America's best friend from the war, Bucky Barnes, uh, played by Sebastian Stan, who was captured by um, Hydra and turned in, uh, brainwashed into a uh, robotic killing machine. A malevolent super soldier, as exactly, it were. Because he's got a metal arm uh, that can um, that is practically the equal of Cap's shield. And um, they have some rather violent and um, they have some very violent fights that for the most part, come to a draw. Yeah. And, of course, it uh, finally, it, it takes, the finale takes place on board one of the heli, helicarriers. Um, and um, there's just all kinds of stuff blowing up and uh, Falcon flying around. And Close quarters fight scenes lots happening. Of, lots of that. Especially... Uh, that one in the elevator, the glass elevator. Oh my well, gosh, that we'll, was cool. We'll get to that later. Um, okay, I have forced you to watch, what, four of these now? Five? I haven't been counting, yeah. but that seems in the realm of... Somewhere around in there. Yeah. So, you, you've been pretty happy with all of them so far. I'm not hating it. Not hating it. All right, well, that's about all I can ask for. Uh, tell me, just... What's your first blush of Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Well, I remember telling you, saying while we were watching it, that this this had the most x Filesy flavor of any of the ones so far because it was like the, literally the line, trust no one, mm -hmm. was, was mentioned more than once, which is a huge X-Files thing. Um, it just, there was this overarching... Um, plot line of secrecy and, you know, Hydra's insidious infiltration and, you know, a, a, a evil kernel force within the good of, you know, and it, it that was just all very X-Filesy to me. Very espionage, spy, secret, mm -hmm. trippy. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even before we are become aware of Hydra uh, being in the, at the center, uh, essentially, of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, we get that conversation between um, Steve and Nick Fury yeah. talking about how, you know, they're, they're talking about, they don't know they're talking about Project Insight, but, you know, Nick Fury is trying to get him to agree with the idea of, you know, stopping threats before they happen and uh, killing bad guys before they can do bad. And, you know, Steve essentially says, well, normally you have to punish, you, somebody has to commit an offense before, before you, punish you punish them. them. And Steve's becoming disillusioned with S.H.I.E.L.D., especially at this point, as he is seeing it's, it's not about protecting freedoms and liberty. It's about keeping the peace, and those are very different things. Mm -hmm. One involving a lot more compromise than the other. Yes. Uh, oh, and also we uh, he finds out uh, later that his neighbor has been sent to spy on him, um, Sharon Carter. The cute nurse. Yeah, the cute. He thinks he, she's a cute nurse. She's yeah. really a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, but uh, that's another thing that sort of 
darkens his view of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and maybe he's in the wrong place. Maybe there's no place left for him and his values in the modern world. Yeah, um, Big Square Blockhead is kind of um, very black and white so far in how he sees things. He is, as you say, very much um, a product of his era. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having become unfrozen Big Square Blockhead Man 50 years later, um, he the world is a different place. And so he's still learning how to navigate his way and um, finds that things are much more complicated than he imagined. Right. Yeah. Back in the old days, it was, we, you know, in Truth, his time. Truth, justice, the American way, and that was it. Um, we were fighting against Nazis and their evil. The Axis, yeah. And um, now, you know, sort of like, not everybody, like, like now with the war on terror, um, not everybody wears a uniform. And it's, Difficult to tell sometimes who the bad, who the bad guy is. Yeah, especially they don't all when have black hats. Right, especially when they're standing next to you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Again, very, this, is it very X-Filey? Uh, this, this movie has probably one of the more grown-up and um, mature plots as far as the, the story goes and uh, Steve questioning his place in the world and... Um, you know, also there's, uh, when he meets Sam Wilson, the Falcon, uh -huh. um, the second time they meet, uh, Sam is leading a, uh, group of veterans, um, in what appears to be sort of PTSD counseling uh -huh. because, you know, they talk about, you know, stuff they saw. Yeah. It, uh, one of them s says she, she swerved her car to avoid, a uh, plastic a plastic bag bag because she thought it was an IED. Yeah, and uh, uh, the two um, Sam and, and Steve talk about how they can't sleep. In, they at first couldn't sleep in a bed because it was too soft. Mm -hmm. They would rather sleep on the ground uh, or on the floor. Uh, so you know, there's there's some sort of grown up ish things even for a cartoon movie in this particular uh, version of the MCU. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can't have one of these movies without all the action and the special effects and the fights. Um, and this movie has one of the great close quarters combat fights um, in any of the MCU movies. And that is the one in the glass elevator. The glass elevator. It was so cool. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, glass walls, so you have the illusion of space, but mm -hmm. you don't have the space because right. you're boxed in. Right. And he's, he's like, beaten up, like, eight or ten bad guys. Something like that, maybe more. Yeah, they could, they just, they keep piling into the elevator, and they keep piling in, and they keep piling in, and then there's yeah, he, more. He, he, he looks around and says, does anybody want to get off before we start this? Because he knows what's coming. Yeah. Well, because he's the big square blockhead, he knows all well, the things. Yes, he is the big square blockhead. Um, <laughs> That's who he is now. Okay, fine. Um, I'm sorry, I'm moving things around. So if, right. if there's noise, that's because I'm moving things around because my foot's asleep. But, uh, you know, he, he takes a few uh, licks here and there. Oh my gosh, yes. And they're, they're trying to uh, magnetically clamp his 
hands like against the metal walls yeah. uh, so that he's defenseless yeah. so they can beat him up easier. And he manages to turn that into a weapon um, and, you know, breaks free of it. And um, as the kids say, kick some ass. They I do. know, I know, I know. They do. He does. Crude. He kicks the ass and takes the names. And he just looks around at his handiwork. Of course, then the elevator doors open and there's guys with guns, and which is when he goes through the glass wall. Yeah. Well, actually, he cuts the cable and it drops the... Drops the cage. Drops the... Uh, the elevator. The elevator down couple of floors and then gives him an opportunity to then jump through the class it's uh as far as the action scenes go both with the close quarters uh battle and then the uh fight on the ship at the very beginning where uh he takes on bad rock and um um who is uh fairly significant villain in the in, in the comic book universe. I, mm. He may get brought back for one of the TV shows or something, but I don't know. Anyway, um, and then um, the fight with Bucky on the helicarrier at the end. Yeah. Uh, this movie's got a lot of action, um, and it, it's, even despite all that, and a running time of like two hours and 15 minutes, you know, there's still enough story to keep it from just being a fight movie. Yeah. And for that, I am grateful because I know you would not have had much patience for that. Yeah, I'm a girl. I need some story. Yeah. It's, uh, it is one of the better uh, MCU, you know, character Offerings. movies. Offerings, yes. Um, and it, it gets considered one of the best so okay i um uh, i uh am glad that you know I, i'm i'm trying to skip some of the lesser ones yeah uh, although in order for you to get a fuller understanding i'm we're gonna have to watch age of ultron eventually well you know what and that's okay because it's laying background for me to understand more of the totality that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. So I get it. Plus, sometimes it's just fun to hate on something. <laughs> so if it's if it's bad enough, it becomes the thing you love to hate. Well, you know, it's... And, you know, you can rag on it on your podcast, yes. which is cool. Yes, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, it's there's just too much. It just seems to keep going, at least when I watched it the first time. And I'm talking about Age of Ultron. Specifically. Specifically. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, well, we'll see. It's a lot. And it could have been trimmed by about maybe 30 minutes and, and been just fine. Okay. But, you know. So there's a thing I know now. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, because you're roping me in gradually. I am. You are grooming me. You are introducing me to this world of which I had no idea and it's all because of one division doggone it <laughs> well and also um, there's Falcon and the Winter Soldier which is another Disney Plus series but you don't know anything about them 
Or you didn't know anything about WandaVision either. Uh, no. But um, I, I thought it would be, there but would be less, I've, you know, who's that guy and why is he doing that? Yeah, well, now I've met the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, um, you know, so there's also a thing I know now. Mm-hmm. I know who these people are. But actually, when we get to Civil War is when um, Winter Soldier's arc sort of comes around full. Also introduces Black Panther, so. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, it just never stops. Well, no, it doesn't. Uh, and when it, and it won't until they stop making money. Yeah. No, well, Which, that's the way of the world. By the way, um, Captain America, uh, a little bit, little is, bit. Uh, had a budget of 175 or so million dollars. Good googly moogly. Made worldwide 714.4 million dollars. It did significantly better than the first Avenger. That's a decent ROI. Yeah. And it had, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, Pretty good uh, ratings and such. Um, this one came out in 2014. Okay. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's as I said, very well liked uh, amongst fans of the big square blockhead. Might have had time for a few acting classes. What, do you think his performance is better in this one? Well, I think there's more than two facial expressions. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it had a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it had a 70 on Metacritic. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And it got an A on uh, CinemaScore. Well. So, yeah. It was a well-liked movie. It um, made a lot of money. It's further establish the MCU as a cohesive universe because there are references and uh, they even brought in through video, uh, bad looking video, um, Zola mm-hmm. from from the first uh, Captain America movie, which people thought, oh, is that MODOK? Um, which is a third tier Marvel villain who is getting a comedy uh, version on Hulu next hmm. month. Interesting. Um, it's um, it's sort of it's it stop action animation, animation. Um, kind of like uh, Robot Chicken if you've ever seen any of those episodes. Yeah. Um, and um, it it it's it's done for laughs, but Modok is still evil. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm looking. I actually got in a mild Twitter argument today with somebody. <laughs> oh man. Who said this looks stupid? I'm not going to watch it. I said, well, the promos look good. He said, and uh, so I'm going to give it a try. And then he said, well, I'm going to give it a try too. And I said, well, you kind of said you weren't. <laughs> and then people started begging us to take them out of the replies because this is what you do all day a big chunk of it yeah but <laughs> okay you know good to know uh pat oswalt by the way is going to voice modok on the oh Hulu sweet show. okay so, i'm looking forward to That's seeing a plus. that um so we'll get our rankings uh for uh well our rankings our our rating for captain america the winter soldier right after this
Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. Uh, we are talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, I also liked what they did with um, Nat uh, Natasha in this movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Black Widow. She There was she a gets little more substance of her. She gets more to do, um, and she starts to also show that her her past she that she's somewhat scarred i mean they show that a little bit in other films too but that her past is has at least up to this point it seemed controlled her or at least colored her actions and motivations and by the time we reach the end of this movie she's past that i'm past my past yes so uh i'm we like this movie pretty well. I'm giving it five stars. Nizmod, what do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it four big square blockheads. Okay. I'm going to forward all the email and mean tweets to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bring the mean tweets, y'all. It is, it is a very good action movie. It's a very good uh, sort of espionage, spy thriller kind yeah. of movie. Suspenseful. And it all works within the MCU. So, yeah, we both like um, Captain America the Winter Soldier quite a bit. You can watch uh, all of the MCU with the exception of the Spider-Man movies and uh, the Hulk movie. Uh, you can see all of those on Disney+. Plus. Yep. So, tell me, what have you been watching? Um, several things. Okay. Um, we made brief mention last week and didn't really get around to actually talking about it, but on PBS, um, there is a new three-part series. It's a film by, um, noted, acclaimed documentary filmmaker Ken Burns and Lynn Novick, and the subject is Ernest Hemingway, and it's mm -hmm. simply entitled Hemingway. I streamed it on PBS, on the PBS app. Mm -hmm. um, it's three parts. They're roughly two hours each, um, and it, it breaks his life down into three sections, and it, it, it focuses on his career as well as his personal life, mm -hmm. both of which were tempestuous. Um, mention is made um, in, I think, somewhere in part two, that of the eight people who occupied Hemingway's growing up home, that is his two parents and um, himself and his siblings for a total of eight, four of those people died by suicide. Ah. There's some mental illness afoot. There is um, the love of substances. Mm -hmm. um, Hemingway was a big drunk. Mm -hmm. And um, he loved the high life. He loved women. He loved everything to excess. Yes. Um, and it was just a really interesting look into... Um, the man as well as the author one of the one of the writers who commented throughout the series said that um he he hates the myth of hemingway because it, it it's the man hemingway was so much more interesting than the myth mm -hmm. um it doesn't gloss over hemingway's hedonism mm -hmm. um but it talks about 
probably how his hedonism played into his art and craft. Mm -hmm. um, it was fascinating. I enjoyed it. Um, I would definitely give it, you know, two thumbs up or whatever, mm -hmm. however you want to rate it. Um, that's on the PBS app. Um, I watched a classic film starring Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, not Cleopatra. Um, but yeah, it's not really a classic. For, well, I mean, it is. It's infamous as much as well, famous. Yes. But um, from 1966, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, my God. This thing is stressful and dysfunctional and beautiful and um, primarily revolves around four characters, um, George and Martha, a married um, couple played by... Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. He is a um, history faculty member at a small Northeastern college where Elizabeth Taylor's unseen father is president of that college. Um, Elizabeth Taylor went to college, we learn, but has just kind of been a professor's wife all this time. Mm -hmm. um, we meet a young George Siegel and Sandy Dennis who play a young married couple. Um, George Siegel's character is recently added to this college's faculty, and Sandy Dennis is his um, his wife. And powerhouse performances, all of them. But this is a stressful piece of business. It it there are things in it that some people may find triggering. Um, Elizabeth Taylor won an Oscar for this performance, as did Sandy Dennis for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Taylor and Siegel, I mean, uh, Burton and Siegel were also nominated for their performances as well, but did not win. Um, this is based on an Edward Albee play, and it's brilliant and heartbreaking. All right. So, Anything else? Um, and nothing coming to mind or off the top of my head. I have decided that my next binge, um, since my last binge was Mad About You, ha <laughs> um, I've decided that my next binge is going to be Mad Men. Okay. Which, um, is streaming on the AMC app. It was an AMC original to begin with. I watched the first several seasons in real time as they dropped every Sunday night and waited, mm -hmm. you know, eagerly for my, my Mad Men fix. And the last few um, seasons I lost. So I never saw the conclusion of the series. So I'm looking forward to this. All right. Good. Um, by the way, George Siegel just passed away yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he, he was, was the last surviving member of that cast. Yeah. Of that main cast. Yeah. Sandy Dennis died early. She had cancer and, and 92. died prematurely yeah um we or i have uh, watched several things uh we watched the um hulu documentary we work or the making and breaking of a 47 billion dollar unicorn oh my gosh well and we still don't know what the thing did well i think i guessed correctly that they they allowed people to use their office space but basically what they to like for small companies and even to look for work um but i think even though he the guy who ran it denied it what they really were was a real, real estate, estate company. company um we work was this Brain sort child. of um you know 
it, it sold itself as a technology company, but they had no technology. Um, they were sent, what they would do is they would buy old buildings, they would, or excuse me, lease, long-term lease old buildings, they would renovate them, they would create um, office spaces within them, uh, people would come there and do their work, uh, they had numerous uh, tech startups, um, you know, web pages, uh, web page design, all this other stuff, um, and they would, I don't know how they were ever supposed to make money because it didn't appear, at least I didn't hear, uh, that they were charging people rent for access to these office spaces. They would have had to, though. I suppose. But then they started to branch out into other things, like they had uh, uh, We Live. We Live. Which was essentially a commune. Within a yeah, a little bit, a little creepy. Within um, the within WeWork a framework. building within one of their buildings, and they had these very small apartments, um, and then they had a communal living area, kitchen, um, you know, and all the rest of that. And you know, it was almost like they were trying to isolate this community and make it some sort of commune. Yeah. Uh, then they they tried starting their own school because the uh, the guy one of the guys that founded it his wife was very into woo woo. Yeah, new age, airy fairy, hippy trippy. And uh, you know was going to apply her uh, belief system onto this school. Uh, and you know for some somehow they managed to uh, bring in all of this investment capital. Uh, and at one time, the company was valued at over uh, $47 billion. Billion with a B. And not long after that, it was worth nothing. Yeah. And, you know, she and I watched this documentary, and at the end of it, we asked each other, what did, what did, what they, did they do? What did they do? What did they make? What did they offer? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. So it's it's still a fascinating documentary. It is. Uh, about, if you don't need closure. Well, or but an nobody got closure except the founder who got the golden parachute worth a billion plus dollars. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I I it's amazing how if you put up some pretty graphics um, and you have sort of a nebulous idea that you can get people to write you checks for millions and billions of dollars. He, uh, they got a uh, Chinese, or excuse me, a Japanese investment banker to give them a $20 billion line of credit, and that was not enough. Ugh. It's, it's just, inc it's just crazy how, how long this went on and how quickly it collapsed. It, so. Yeah, from from like the 47 billion plus to the basement mm -hmm. was like that tanking happened over a period of like six weeks. Yeah, so check that out if you have Hulu. We work or the making and breaking of a 47 billion dollar unicorn. It is a like a 90 minute movie as opposed to a series. Yeah. Um, I watched the Drake Equation on Curiosity Stream. That is the equation that uh, this uh, astro uh, astronomer came up with 
to try to come up with a rough estimate of, the, of how many intelligent radio communicating civilizations there are in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, it's something I'm endlessly fascinated with and yet fell asleep during. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, and I'll probably try to watch it again. But, um, yeah, it's, it, and it doesn't help that the British presenter is a little dry. Um, <laughs> Dull, you mean? Boring? Also, this, uh, this is uh, from 2010, and a lot of things have happened since then as far as the discovery of planets, and, and they've made adjustments to the calculations um, since then. They need then. to make a new one. Well, it's not the factors in the calculation. It's the numbers that um, no, they those... No, they need to make a new show. Oh, well, uh, I, excuse yeah, me. They've, that was pretty. Um, I'm a charming girl. Yes, you are. Um, I think there have been other shows that talked about... Made about, about the Drake the equation. Drake. I don't know if they were specifically about the Drake equation, but there are references. You know, it gets talked about quite a bit. So, anyway, uh, Curiosity Stream... This is mostly an unpaid ad for Curiosity Stream because if you're looking for things that are based on facts and research and not what somebody's grandmother posted on Facebook, then I highly recommend you uh, you you subscribe to Curiosity Stream. Science. Yes. Uh, the murder list on Discovery Plus uh, about uh, the old man that um, he was on probation for theft from a grocery store. And oh my there was an unannounced visit at his home. And they discovered that he might have been a serial killer. Da -da -da. So that is, if you're into true crime, dude, that's a good one. Dude, so creepy. That is a very good one. Um, I, you didn't pay much attention to it, but I watched Invincible on Amazon Prime. It is an animated superhero show. It's kind of cool. Based on a uh, graphic novel. And, uh, yes, it is. It's very adult. It's not for children. Between the language and the gore. Yeah, it's uh, gory. And the violence. Um, you, you don't want little ones to be watching this, but... Um, it's about a, uh, teenager, uh, 17, 18 years old, whose father is Omni-Man, uh, who is a superhero who has come to Earth from another planet, um, and, um, he, uh, has, he has a wife and they have a child, and, His course, wife is an Earthling. His wife is an Earthling. So their child is half Earthling, half Viltrumite, because Thank he you. is from Viltrum. And um, the there's there's some hinky going on with the dad because, um, well, in the first episode he kills a bunch of other superheroes. Um, yeah, his crew. What was up with that, yo? Well, we've yet to find out, but I, we're getting close. Okay. Uh, I've watched the first six episodes. And um, they come out weekly, as opposed to just dumping them all at once. And it's it's really good. I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to checking out the rest of Invincible on Amazon Prime. Uh, two things on HBO Max: we watched uh, Pray, Obey, Kill, 
which is a documentary series about a um, insular uh, sort of cultish church in Sweden where one person was killed and another person was seriously wounded on the same night. And um, I've only seen the first episode so far, but they suspect uh, in the investigation that uh, the leader, the preacher of the uh, group, although about half a dozen people are referred to as, as pastor, pastor yeah. which I didn't get. But anyway, uh, there's um, they believe the the pat the pr main preacher uh, has convinced a mentally ill member of the church to kill his wife and her lover. No, his wife and the husband of the preacher's lover. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and uh, now it's in Swedish, so you've got to read it. Yeah, subtitles. So that, you know, you can't be on your phone checking Twitter and stuff like that because you got to pay attention. Um, otherwise, you'll miss something important. But I've only seen the first episode. Um, I think there are a total of five or six, uh, and only three of them are currently posted on HBO Max, but I do intend on watching the rest of them. It was interesting. We checked out the premiere episode of Mayor of Easttown on I'm HBO gonna, Max. Yeah, I'm going to be wanting to watch the rest of this. As am I. Kate Winslet is a brilliant actor. I love her. I have loved her for years. Um, she plays... The hometown girl in the small blue-collar composite of Easttown, mm -hmm. and um, she is a police detective and former basketball star. Yes, she peaked in high school. She peaked in high school, apparently, and um, there's a lot of, of angst and stress and um, a an old crime that has not been solved yet, and now we get a new crime on top of it. And I right. have a feeling that the two are going to be tied somehow. But, they may very well be. But we don't know yet, and these we are don't. only dropping a week at a time. Right. So, once again, that's uh, on HBO Max, Mayor of Easttown. Now, the big thing we watch... Oh, my gosh. ...is Them on Amazon Prime. It is based in the late 1950s. A black family has moved from North Carolina to uh, Southern California. Compton. Compton. Um, and moved into an all-white neighborhood. And the neighbors are very unhappy. But there's a added twist. They, this, uh, this black family is also being tormented, not just by the white neighbors, but also by something supernatural going on in their house mm -hmm. and when they're out in the in the world and the reason they left North Carolina aside from the husband of the uh, black couple getting a job at an aerospace plant was uh, they were attacked um, yeah family tragedy prompted the move right um, something that gets explained more fully over the course of the series but um, the the wife is um, attacked, and one of their children is also attacked, um, which leads them to needing to have a change of pace and tra-la. There we go. But it's it's um, it does. To be honest, at first it was like it didn't make a lot of sense what's going on here. But then it becomes more and more clear as it gets better explained in later episodes. Um, after the end of it, you said... 
Well, I said several things. Well, but I, specifically you said that you were never going to sleep again. Yeah, I did. Now, um, that turned out not to be true. It turned out not to be true, but um, this is... I will not say that I enjoyed it. No. But... It was an engrossing story, an engrossing set of stories, because mm -hmm. we have the one big overarching plot theme, and then there are several little subplots percolating underneath mm -hmm. that we that we have that I would like to have known more about, actually. Mm -hmm. um, some wonderful acting performances in this. Um, obviously, the theme of unjust racism is rampant so that's triggering there are several triggering elements you have violence against children you have violence against an animal you have a lot of language um it it it's an engrossing story i'm glad we watched it it was definitely worth the binge and we sat and watched this thing like from Saturday evening into the wee hours of Sunday morning, we yes. watched it. We took bathroom breaks, and that's all we did. We yeah. didn't, you know, break it up any further than that. Well, it, and I found it difficult to, to have, I would have found it difficult to stop. Yeah. Because um, even if an episode sort of wraps up on a sort of, a, a, you know, like it's, like it is at a place where you could stop is like ah, but i want to see what's happening next which is part of how you know that it's a well-crafted piece of work yes you also know that it's a well-crafted piece of work by the fact that an hour and a half later we're laying in bed still talking about this thing <laughs> um, yeah we had some questions there were there are a few things about it that i was like well that doesn't seem very well thought out um, or I wish they had fleshed this part yeah. of the story out a bit more. There are like two or three storylines that I really would have wanted to know more about. Like, why is Allison Pill's character such a biznitch? <laughs> um, aside from just being a racist, there's more to her. And yes. we get little glimpses of what might be her problem, but right. we don't, it's never explained. Right, well, and I don't think it needs to be any further past what we see. I would have liked to have really dumped into that, though, and really delved into it to help me understand her business more. Well, there's that. Um, also, I would have liked to have had a different conclusion to her arc. Yeah. Because it's... It, her comeuppance was kind of anticlimactic. It, it seemed like it was sort of... Well, what do we do with her? Well, let's well, let, let's do this. Let's throw in this character. I mean, a character we've been seeing throughout yeah. the whole series, but let's give this character an, an attribute that nobody knows about. Yeah. Until you know the second or third to last episode. I would have liked to have known more about him as well. What made him like he was, and how did he get to the screwed up place in his life? Well, maybe that's season two of them. A um, also, with Allison Pill, the business's husband, what is his deal? <laughs> we get like two lines of dialogue that make the very vaguest of references to it. I want to know more. Um, all of that being said, this this is a triggering. This is a triggering. It is series on several different levels so it's know that it's not for the faint of heart and it's also getting some pushback against um 
by black critics who are saying that it's exploitive of um, black pain. It's being used uh, as a way to make money, you know, with all of the the tragedy and stuff that goes on with this family. Mm. And there are a couple of other, uh, there's, there's at least one other um, uh, short that's been actually nominated for an Oscar that's currently on Netflix, and I do not have the name of it right in front of me. But it's uh, about a black man who leaves his girlfriend's apartment in the morning after spending the night with her and gets accosted by a cop and eventually killed. Mm. And then, like um, Groundhog Day, relives that in a circle Ugh. over and over again. I assume the circle is eventually broken, but I don't know. But you can find that on Netflix. I wish I could tell you the name of it. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some complaints about making um, black tragedy, black torture... Um, you know, violence against black people as the basis for an entertainment. Yeah. I mean, um, the Umbrella Academy did it in its second season. Um, uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country did it, um, you know. And, you know, I can't speak to any of this being a middle-aged white guy. Um, but... I can see the point of that. Yeah. I can see the point of their argument. Um, but we also see what happens on the news a couple of times, three times a month. Yeah. With um, black people being stopped by the police and winding up dead when white people uh, can physically abuse a cop. Uh, there was a um, video of some redneck driving off in his truck with a cop hanging out of the driver's side window mm. being hit with a hammer. Jeez. And, he, and the, the offender was taken into custody unharmed. Yeah. So, you know, th th granted those are uh, unique separate instances that I'm talking about and they're not as unique for black people as they should be but you know uh, I don't know the the problems with policing and the way black people are treated in our society is clearly something that needs to be talked about whether a piece of entertainment on a streaming service um, needs to mine that for entertainment value. Yeah, is I think a question that's worth asking. Yeah. So discuss amongst yourselves. I remember saying to you that this was um, obviously the overarching theme of racism mm -hmm. and the mistreatment of those um who are other yeah um was similar to lovecraft country but the monsters were you said the monsters were internal rather than external i thought that was a really good observation because we don't have the monster situation 
that Lovecraft Country presented us with. We have more um, mental torture and anguish and internal struggle. Right, because the the main bad guy um, in them um, it explains that, or it's explained to him that he destroys people from within. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays on their fears, their insecurities, whatever, uh, to to turn them against their their families and whatever against each other. Yes, he presents himself in a different way to each member of this family too, driving each of them mad or on the verge of madness in their own unique way. Right. Oh, there is a character that's in blackface. In yeah, them. that's another trigger. Now it's a black man in blackface. Um, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, so. And they do give disclaimers before each of the episodes, and one of the disclaimers is blackface. Yes. So, we, and again, enjoyed is not the right term. We found it worth watching. Yes, it is very worth watching. Uh, and if you have Amazon Prime, check out them. But just be prepared. There is some extraordinary ugliness in that particular yeah. show. Anything else? Um, no, not that I can think. All right. Well, I think we have uh, blathered on long enough. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a review. Uh, you can subscribe there as well as um, all the places, the myriad number of podcast apps that everyone has access to on their phone. Uh, please, if you have a suggestion for us, uh, something you think we should watch, send it to us via email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Tell us what it is you think we should watch, why we should watch it, and where we can find it. You can also leave us a voice message. Just click the link or copy and paste the link in the description of this episode. Next week, it's your turn. I know there's no point in asking, but do you know what we're going to watch? I totally don't. I totally knew it, but that's fine. There's a whole week between now and then. There is, and there's no telling what might ferment in my fevered little brain to motivate my choice for next time. So we'll just wait and see. All right. Well, uh, please join us next week as we have the mystery revealed to us of what Maud picks for the next entry on Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. Until next time. Love you. Love you. And later. later. Yay!